you're rocking the, the jet green right now. Adam Sandler. Right. Number one, you were Rich Eisen. The second movie, I see Brad Hirschberg <laughs> being your father. Dennis Miller. The autumn wind is caused by global warming. <laughs> Uh, a legend in the booth, Jim Brockmeyer. I do love watching Tebow play. I mm-hmm. gotta say, he just he combines all the fiery leadership of Ray Lewis with the uh, with the throwing ability of Ray Lewis. <laughs> and uh... I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast, a special edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. I know that's an overused term in the media, a special or a very special edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. Uh, I'm going to call it a special. Exclusive? Chris Brockman. Chris Brockman, this couldn't be more exclusive. I don't know, and Chris Law, my other podcast producer, I don't know of another place anywhere that can put together the two guests that we are putting together on this podcast. It's an all Eagles program. Oh, Namdi Asamoa, the shutdown corner of the Philadelphia Eagles yes. and Joe Walsh, the hall of fame guitarist of the famed Eagles. Eagles. Come on. I'm looking forward to it. Come on. It's Only awesome. here. You know, right? I, did, I did do a little research on Joe Walsh. Cause I wasn't, I knew he was no, in the Eagles, dude. but I didn't know his greatest hits album. How many, it is truly a greatest. Hits Let me album. tell you about his greatest hits album. I, um, I ruined it. I listened to it so many times <laughs> right. and, and listened to it in the, in the, in a, in the wrong device one time, you know, as a cassette and an eight track converter. Oh yes. Ruined it. Listened to it so many times that and uh, George Harrison's greatest hits. Love Seek George that Harrison. out if you have not ever listened to his. It's it's, it's a d- double album, his greatest hits, George nice. Harrison. But Joe Walsh's greatest hits are as good as you can get. And then you know, then there's his Eagles work. Come on, um, and he's supposedly a big football fan. I've listened to "Life Is Good to Me" so many times. It's Life's been funny. good to me so far, right? Come so on, far. <laughs> and 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 uh, to have to have him on the same podcast as Namdi. An actual eagle, eagle yeah. right? Mm-hmm. A Philadelphia eagle. Did we plan that or did that just work out? It sort of fell into our laps. But when it happened, we're like, uh, th- there was a no-brainer uh, to put the two eagles together. Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. Certainly we're coming off of an all-cowboy podcast, right? For longtime listeners, the Del Tufo eagle would have been the trifecta for this podcast. Remember when the eagles were hatching in Del Tufo? Oh, that's right. And he <laughs> and Mike Del Tufo, our sound man extraordinaire, had like a live camera on, yeah, it uh, was on the it, eagles The first hatching. time he ever spoke on the podcast was because of that eagle cam. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> You're going old school. Going Some old podcast school. history right there. So uh, Namdi, lots to talk about with him. First of all, he's the only guy that I would have on this podcast uh, without worrying about his his. I mean, his voice is 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 deep. You know what I mean? Like, I'm 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 a little concerned that that I very rarely will have somebody on this podcast whose voice sounds as mellifluous as mine. Are you worried about being shown up? I'm I'm a little bit worried about it. Yeah. Ooh. I'm a little bit worried about put it. something in his water to make I mean, he's, he's, not... a, he's a good looking man. <laughs> he sounds, he sounds, he sounds, I mean, he's got that deep voice going yep. on. He's smart. I mean, he's like, he's what, he's a five tool player. Talks with a purpose. Yeah. The ladies like him. I'm a little intimidated. <laughs> I mean, no. All right. Um, but yeah, Namdi's coming on. That'll be fun. And then Joe Walsh talks uh, music with him. So this is good times. 
good times, especially again after having the uh, all triplets podcast last oh, week. That was, that was I'm sure we're gonna time. have we're gonna have Giants fans calling up. Hey, Giants my fans. Giants Paul what about Redskins? Who can we get for uh, a trio of Redskins? Well, you know, Law's guy Lavar. Yeah, Law's got Lavar in his back pocket to pull out at any moment in time. Is Nittany Line? Lavar's a great guy. Oh, he is. Couldn't get him on. We had Couldn't Portis on. Oh God! Not the two of them together. We need him. We need him. Car- we need him out <laughs> we can't here get the costume. two of them together. No, no, no. Not Levar and Clinton together. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I Come forgot on. About that. Oh, Levar gave both barrels. Oh man. Two six. He gave both barrels. Jeez. All right. Let's get to it. Now I'm the awesome Watt, Joe Walsh. Again, I defy any other podcast to attempt this and pull it off. It's just what we do here, Rich. Like the triple Lindy. Like the triple Lindy. Back to school. And back to school. We are pulling this thing off. Let's get to it. My first guest is the quintessential, they broke the mold type person and player. He's uh, one of the best at his craft. A shutdown corner, as they say, and has been for years. He is none other than Pro Bowler Namdi Asamoah. Good to see you, sir. How's it going, Rich? How are you? I'm doing good. I love the space here. You like it? You like my little nice, spot with, with, nice the, with the shower curtain? Yeah, yeah. yeah it, is, it, it is cozy. <laughs> it is definitely cozy. And just to prove that you are your own man, uh-huh. a man who toils in Philadelphia in the okay. city of brotherly love with the Philadelphia 76ers going about their business as the best they can in the NBA playoffs, you come yes. in uh, with, a, with an, with with an LA Lakers <laughs> shirt on. <laughs> You're re- you're ready to go back to Philly. Yeah, I can see. <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, yeah. I I don't. Uh, you know, it's it's no secret. The Los Angeles Lakers hold a special place in my heart. Okay, I mean you're you're, you're from here, correct? <laughs> I'm from here. I'm from uh, uh, I was raised here in Los Angeles, and okay. uh, you know I was raised in the probably the greatest decade to be in Los Angeles, the '80s. The 80s. The 80s. And, you survived uh, the 80s I of survived Los Angeles. The, 80s the showtime, Angeles, the right? The showtime era. That's right. With uh, We had two football teams. We had a great, great time That's with right. the Lakers. We, it was like the Olympics were out the here Olympics in the, in were the 80s. Out here. There, was, there was a lot going on. That is right. So you can yeah. wear your pride. Uh, I appreciate and, it. And, and just so we're, we're taping this the, the weekend before the Lakers welcome Oklahoma City into uh, their midst. So by the time this yes. thing airs. We would have you moved could, on. We would have you, moved on. When to you say moved on, round. oh, to the next round <laughs> to face either the Spurs. Or, uh, yeah, okay. we would have moved on. Okay. Yes. Very good. Very very good. Uh, here's here's my here's my issue with this interview, Namdi, and okay. and from my point of view. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Philadelphia, as we know, is yes. is, a, is, a, is a city that loves its controversy. That's loves that's right. loves its controversy. Just feeding on any anything that right. could be possibly taken out of context. Yes. Eagles last season filled with turmoil and controversy, swirling, surrounding, right? Sure, sure. And I have here from the Philadelphia Eagles the one guy who doesn't get caught up in that stuff and will not give me anything <laughs> to hang my hat on and cause and stir the pot up. That That's right. is, this is my problem. That's right. As an interviewer. I think the pot you know, the pot has been stirred by enough people. I think it's right. uh, you know, just but I've got to simmer I, a little bit. I've got a podcast to run here uh-huh. right and it, it it's a podcast is uh it's lifeblood is downloads that's right and publicity from it that's right is there any way you need a catchphrase uh, that you know basically will just set this thing on fire that's like what, like dream, like dream team <laughs> dream team um, can i at least get you to say one of those words um, at um, least? Uh, what, team i'll just team, team. absolutely you team you're about the team you're about the team all about the team see that's what i'm again i'm I, 
publicity downloads. That's what this thing. And I know you're not here to 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 boost the numbers. I mean, you're here because yeah, you're a good see. man. I invited you. You Absolutely. said you would do it. One hundred percent. Okay, but um, I don't think you're gonna. My, I don't think it's coming, Rich. I don't think it's coming. Well, this is a, this well, is this is a you know. I mean, I, I do have a little bit of time. Um, you know, I do have a little bit of time. That's right. To, anything, to chat with anything you. can come. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Um, so let's start. I guess let's start with last year. Yeah, I'm glad we could laugh about it at, at, at this point. At this point, well, there's enough. Yeah. There's enough. You know, that's an old Woody Allen line. Actually, that comedy is tragedy plus time. Mm. If something negative happens, enough time goes by, you can laugh about it. Yeah. So yeah. here we are. Um, here we are getting ready for OTAs for the yep. Philadelphia Eagles right in the middle of May. Yep. 2012. What happened last year? Um, you know, last year we were coming together. Uh, you know, it was, uh, things happened very quickly for us, you know, and we were coming together. I think there was a lot of newness um, with players and with coaches. So, you know, it just didn't come together as quickly as we would have liked it to. I think if we were, uh, you know, and there was there was a lot of, uh, you know, hype around it. There were great stories that you could you could put in before the season started um comments made or you know the type of players that we were bringing in but you know it i I think it's the it it just goes to show that it takes time to build a team you know in the ultimate team sport uh, that we're playing with football you can't just do it overnight you know and so that's what that's kind of what happened last year and that's why we're in this position this year where we're looking forward to getting back out there with the 2011 eagles a lockout casualty is that what you're implying that um, there, if you had the time that you're going to have this year in May, June, July, et cetera, you would have been, it would have been different last year. Um, I think you can say that for, for us, I think you can say that for, you know, a lot of teams in the league, uh, at the same time, there were teams that, that didn't have the time that went on pretty far with, pretty far with new coaches and Niners, for instance, the Niners, for instance, with new coaches and, um, you know, new pieces, but, we we had a lot going on. There was a lot going on. It, it, it like even what? more so like what? than like what? Like what? I mean, there was a lot going on in the form of yes, the lockout in the form of um, you know players uh, obviously not knowing each other, but definitely not knowing um, schemes. You know, coaches being new to uh, their positions, and just there was a whole lot of newness that you know that was going on. So um, even beyond just the lockout. It was it was a team. It was a year that was going to be um, pretty much for building. Your folks in the other room want you to sit up straight. By the way, nice sit up straight. I love that. I've never said that before. Listen, I have a, my, this will we this, we can cut this part out. But they're saying sit up straight. Man. Here's the You're thing. a man of your. Here's the thing. My yeah. torso is is small, legs long. Yeah. So you're always gonna look taller than I am. I don't know. It, it, well, and the thing is, you're I, how tall are you, Rich? I'm six foot. Do you want to stand up? Are you six foot? Yeah, I am. What do you mean? How would, why would you be six foot? Stand up. Let's see. I'm definitely not cutting this out now. Go for it. See? Now, You're you even see, out of frame. I see I'm out of frame. You see how much taller I yeah. am than you. But when we sit down, yeah. you're evenly go. proportioned. Here we go. I'm all legs. Wow. When we sit down. Look at that. Look at that. That is fantastic. And which makes it difficult. Right. To, you know, uh, maneuver. This is funny. That means that this part of me is a shut down anchor. <laughs> this part of me i'm the shut i'm the shut down anchor you got shut down corner right <laughs> together yeah, together good. together unstoppable that's pretty good i dare anybody to complete a pass if we put this together 
I dare anybody to complete a pass. But yeah, I mean, you're you're a man of the. But I, this is my um, off season workout program. I've been working on my core. Oh, Pilates, Pilates, oh, Pilates. yeah, <laughs> man. or yoga lattes or whatever some of these they call it out here. I'm I'm, a, I'm I'm fully secure enough yeah. to say that. So you're yeah, I'm, I'm, here I am. Here I am, just sort of sitting up and straight. So uh, last year, let's returning to last year's defense because mm-hmm. again, you're 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 you're. You're, you're giving me some generalities. It just seems to be, was there, just straight to it, yeah. the fact you, DRC, and Asante, everyone's saying that maybe a lot of you guys were out of position, that you couldn't get comfortable, that the three of you guys, as accomplished as cornerbacks as you may be individually, collectively, it just didn't work. How do you respond to that? Um, there were some things that uh, collectively it can definitely work um, uh, with the time that we had to put things in. Uh, you know, it, it unfortunately didn't work out the way that we wanted it to that year. I wished uh, that, you know, I would have loved to have it for another year with the three of us. But, you know, we don't. Um, but there was a lot of carryover from the defenses of the past. So, um, you know, obviously Asante was going to be a little more comfortable than Dominique or myself. Or, and the thing is, you know, trying to learn Asante's technique is a very difficult thing. Asante is such a great player, and I always think about this when I talk about um, great players, is they're so unique at what they do, you know? And Asante has a way of playing. I have a way of playing that I wouldn't tell anyone else to play like, you know? And, right. And, and you can't coach uh, the, the way that he plays to anyone. You know, but why would you have to be taught a different technique, though? You know what I mean? Like, I think Eagles fans would be like, sixty million dollars, five year deal. You're coming in. This is what this is what it's about. And I know Asante again. Why bring you in and keep Asante there if you have a certain style of play and he has a certain style of play and everyone is and and it's. Well, it seems was, like it can't mesh it together. It was definitely something that had to be figured out as we went along. You know, I think uh, coming in, we're just we're just coaching a style of defense, and you know, everyone you know should pick up on it. You know, we didn't coaches and players. We didn't know each other. You know, we didn't know what works best for one guy. We didn't know what that that a certain guy. You know, certain people shouldn't be learning other people's techniques at the cornerback position. It's a very difficult thing to do, and you know, and playing a bunch of different positions, which I never complained with. Um, I don't think Dominique complained when he had to play a bunch of different positions. Um, you know, all of that stuff was new for us. And the thing about Asante is. He was like that player coach for me and for Dominique, you know, because he knew kind of some of the things that that we were trying to do on defense and how to do it. And so he would always pull us aside and just be like, look, this is how uh, you want to do this technique and this is how you do. So we were learning, you know, on the fly, thanks to him. How frustrating was that for you, though? Um, You know, the thing about it was the the only way that it could get overwhelming is – not having that down, and then with it, with as much studying as I do, now it's like cutting some of that study time off because now you're you're studying the technique and now you're studying the, you know. So it wasn't a full commitment into you know study that offense, study that player that you're going against because now I'm you got to learn this defense on the fly again. Not having an off season to to figure that stuff out. It sounds to me, reading in between the lines of what you're saying, that you would you could not be as instinctive 
as oh, you, can you never normally, that you that you're used to being that the the instinctiveness that comes with playing a major sport certainly your position if you're thinking about other stuff than what you normally did in Oakland is that a fair assessment of what I'm reading in between the lines of yeah you never want to to have to to think and this was no fault of uh, a player, a coach, I think it was just not having time. You know, you just, you never want to have to be on the field thinking, especially at the cornerback position. And there was much more thinking last year than I'd had in several years because, you know, in Oakland, it was it was simple. You're just going out and you're playing man to man or every now and then we're sprinkling something in. But it was a defense that I've been in for eight years. And, um, you know, coming to Philly, it was like, look, you know, you snap your finger, you're in a completely new thing and doing completely different things. You know, you just got to figure it out. And I just, I the reason I had to talk about it because I never want things to sound like excuses. I welcomed it. You know, I welcomed well, I mean, every... You, ch- you chose the Eagles, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, your yeah. process. And, and, and even beyond that, talking with coaches and and hearing from them that, you know, look, we we want you to do this, that, and the other, and blah 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 blah. I completely welcomed it because my whole thing is evolve as a player and become even better than you can be. So I welcomed every bit of it. Well, before Eagles fans throw themselves off the Walt Whitman Bridge, then um, how <laughs> how is this going to be different in twenty twelve? Oh, I mean, I mean, it's simple. Time heals many things. You know, we've had that time. We going through something in the fire is probably the best way to learn. You know, it doesn't, at the time, it doesn't look like it's the best, but when you're put out there and you don't have that time to sit back and relax and get it down, then, you know, you figure it out um, much quicker. And so that's what we've been doing, you know, going through that during the season and as this off season is played out and everybody, you know, the team getting together on our own, you know, at, at certain times, not doing anything with coaches, just figuring out a time when everybody can be together. And as much as we've worked together, um, you know, I think everybody's excited about it. And and the fact that, again, Asante is now in Atlanta, it just, it, again, it just seemed that there there were three guys in just two spots, essentially. And it just seemed yeah, like there was the a round I thought it peg in a square hole and last I, year. I still think it could have worked. Everybody keeps saying that, you know, no, it can't work, you three, blah, blah, blah. I still thought... It could have worked even coming into this season. And we would, Asante and I would talk about it through the off season. Like, we can fix this. We can this. We can that. Now we've got another year under our belt and um, all the expectations, blah, blah, blah. Now we've got time. And, you know, then he's gone. So now it's like you never, you don't get that chance to, to put it back out there. But, you know, it's it's whatever. And he's happy with where he is. So uh, all of us in the media, and as you maybe ascertain when you were in the broadcast boot camp, at NFL Films. You remember that? Yeah, of course. Wow. Um, that that all of us in the media love talking about distractions. We love it because that means that you might be hearing us, right? <laughs> and then we, we talk about distractions, whether they exist or they don't. And then if they become a distraction, we talk about how it is, in fact, affecting you. I don't know what you're That's, talking about. Okay. The, the dream team moniker and the, all yes, of the, that. The 92... Dream no, team. I'm not talking about Chuck okay, and, and Bird and Magic, Magic and Jordan. I'm not talking about those guys. I'm talking about what Vince Young said yes. in training camp. A throwaway line. Throwaway. Dream team. That's it. It was it, such a throwaway line. It was such a throw. And, and and even if you heard him say it, you know, and and Vince was so 
upset that that happened, you know, even talking to him about it because, you know, a lot of times he was feeling like now he put something on us that we didn't want. And it, it wasn't his fault, you know, that we were we were learning. And when he said that, it was just like, it was something that you didn't even have to think about, you know. It was like he said, okay, move on. Then the next day, it's like the biggest thing. I'm like, what? Is that what we took from the whole, you know, interview? So, yeah, because it didn't seem like it was thumping his chest. Or no, like not at all. That, that you got to come through. He was us. just excited. It was like, right, wow, exactly. Like a dream but team. you know, things can be blown out of proportion. Certainly in the Northeast <laughs> with the media corridor that goes down the New Jersey right. Turnpike. Right. Um, but in that, how did it affect? this team just how much we were talking about it in the media and you hearing about it and then with each mounting loss the resonance that that comment took just seemed from our perspective to get louder how how was it in your locker room um you know in the locker room just looking you know and just observing and talking to guys it didn't seem like um it affected guys much at all i think you know there's a point when you know, we just turn all of the stuff off and we we stop um, watching and reading and it's just about focusing on our play. But I don't know, you can't help but think that, you know, somewhere on the inside, it 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 added a little more pressure to what was going on. There was already going to be pressure in the situation without having time to figure it out. But I mean, you can't help but think that because it was everywhere and it was all season, you know. So I don't know. You can't help but think that. But, you know, looking at the guys and talking to the guys, it seemed like everybody was just taking it fine. No one really talked about it. It was. But when you hear something so much, there's no way it can't permeate through your, you know, your bones. And it seemed to me because we had you all the way up in the Pacific Northwest on Thursday night football. Eagles and the Seahawks. We had you on a Thursday mm-hmm. night, and you you guys lost that game, and that mm-hmm. essentially in that essentially took the playoffs out of reach for you guys. Even though it technically wasn't uh, mathematically impossible after that, it just seemed that everybody, I believe, it gave you a seventh loss, and like, oh gosh, what's going to happen now? After <clears throat> that, it seemed like a weight was lifted off this team that the expectations had now been completely removed because you had failed to meet them. (laughs) That's what it seemed like to me again. And suddenly you guys finished gangbusters to the point where if (laughs) a couple of other results had gone your way, Mm -hmm. you would have won the division when it's all said and done. Is that a fair assessment of, of what happened that you guys, once a certain amount of that dream team pressure had officially been removed, that you guys were able to focus a little bit better. Um, you know, it was still talked about, so I don't think that, that it had, anything had been officially removed. I think throughout the year, um, that followed us the, you know, regardless. But I think at that point, I remember, um, coming into work and everybody thinking, you know, or folks not knowing, but thinking, okay, so now we, we're not in the playoffs anymore. And, you know, it's officially, you know, been, you know, bad season or whatever. Um, and I remember coming to work and then Coach Reed just, you know, standing up in front of us and just explaining that we have all of December and as much as we've been through, we still have a chance to make the playoffs. I don't think that the whole, uh, have I said, have I said it yet? Well, I'm going to say it right now. I don't think that the whole dream team yes! 
stuff. I hate saying that. Yes! I hate hearing it. I don't think that um, I don't think that that had been lifted off. Mm-hmm. I think that there was some like surge of of we you know we've got a chance to make it at this point, um, and we're much more comfortable with each other. So, because you guys seem to really click in December in a way that um, I mean, it's that thing we talk about with time. You know, just uh, like continuing to go through it. We started off not very good, then we had some points in the middle where we like showed flashes of yes, just did. brilliance against Miami in Miami, Miami for yeah. instance that was one Dallas of early yes you oh know, gosh we had that, some, what a wipeout that yeah, was and so and and we still weren't a team we weren't even close to the team but we we're putting together some things so we had it we just had it so up and down that I think by that point we had become more comfortable with each other and we were able to finish it out um one game short of the playoffs after all of that so now Deshaun's been paid LaShawn's been paid, and now you are sounding like a man who's on a on a same page defensively with with what the Eagles have been used to doing. This this sound now that this sounds like this sounds good. This sounds good. If I can even <clears throat> say that for Philadelphia fans, this sounds exciting. This sounds like you got some ducks in a row in Philadelphia right now. Would that be? A fair assessment, not the awesome one. That's absolutely. <laughs> Would that be fair? <laughs> That's absolutely a fair assessment. Um, the off season has been been really good for us. You know, I think um, as far as the people that we've signed, um, we got the the you know the, the players last year that you know um, are going to help us this year. The draft I think went, went very well. I think bringing back. Uh, some of our core guys um, and locking them up to long-term deals. I think it's it, it's something that's very encouraging for us right now. You know, we don't we're not into we're definitely not into saying too much right now. We're just, we're just I think everyone. I'm really not trying to trap you. I know. No, I'm, I think, please, I'm I'm not. I mean, it would be great for the podcast. I know, absolutely. It would, it would it be would, great. <laughs> I'll be I'm being honest with you there, but. But I think we're I think we're just very excited. Everyone's ex- extremely excited about our our opportunities this year. Guarantee excited? Um, yeah, I guarantee everyone's excited about go. our opportunities. <laughs> yes. All right, I was trying to trap you right yes. there. Do you have a chip on your shoulder? Um, I I've always played with a chip on my shoulder. Um, since I got into the league, so and it it's it's you uh, just don't wear it on your sleeve. It's it's there though. I absolutely. mean, it's there. Absolutely. Absolutely, one hundred percent. You know, I don't, I, I don't talk about it. You know, and I, I won't get flashy with it, but it's definitely there. Absolutely, from the, the point I got into the league, you know, and I, these chips come from being told that you can't do something, or or, or never really uh, achieving that ultimate goal that you have. You know, I, I've got, I've got one chip, and. It, it, I think it gets bigger and bigger each year, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah. Who told you you couldn't do something? Uh, you know, when I got into the league, I was a safety. Moved over to corner and, uh, you know, I think had probably the most frustrating two and a half years of my career trying to learn the position. And I finally learned the position after, you know, getting it from the media and getting it from fans and, everything and I learned it but you know even after that when you go through stuff like that which was very difficult 
something builds, you know, on the inside. And no matter what success I've had, still not having a, a winning season. Um, still is not. Is that right? Yeah, you know, all of you that stuff. You have never had a winning season in the NFL. Never had a winning season in the, in the NFL. All the years. Of, oh, uh, my you know. God. So, that I did not know. All of my research had not even, yeah. sp- I couldn't even believe that. Absolutely. And when your goal is to win the Super Bowl, I mean, wow. it, well, never having a winning season is a wow. difficult thing. So then how, I, I, don't shoot the messenger. Uh, last year on NFL Network's list of top 100 players, as voted by your peers, you were ranked 18th. Okay. This year, you were just named 79th. You've okay. dropped, uh, I'll do the math for you, that's 61 spots. What do you think when you hear that? That's from your peers. Um, you know, I guess 18 to 79, I guess that's based off, if we're doing it every year, that's based off my play from last year, I would assume. So I I definitely didn't play the same ball that I was playing in Oakland. So, um, you know, I'm surprised that, it, it, so you, so the media, you guys had nothing to do with that. No. Yeah, because we're I always accused of I that because Tebow wound up on the be list. On, I wouldn't Te- be on the list if the media had no, not, By the way, that's not true. That's not true. As you know, Dion sings your praises left, right, up and down. I love Dion. He, he will yeah. also say you don't travel on the field. I mean, he will say that. Which I've been, which I've done several times, Dion. I'll show you my film. Okay. I mean, I mean but Dion, but as you know, Dion loves you, and yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a it's a love affair, obviously. But <laughs> no, we have nothing to do with it. Tebow wound up on the list, and everyone's like, "Oh, you threw him on the list to get ratings or something like that." <laughs> no, I think know. guys, I think last year there were some, you know, a lot of guys that that really stepped up and and were able to play well. I'm sure would be very high on that list. Uh, the ultimate goal is the Super Bowl, so mm-hmm. that list is fun and you know exciting to talk about. Um, whether it's 18 or 79, obviously you want to be high on it. But if I can get that winning season, jump into the playoffs, win the Super Bowl, wow. and the Philadelphia Eagles can, uh, then we'll be ranked number one. And there, there are no other rankings. There you go. I like that. In the five minutes I have left with you, I want to talk about your foundation. Five it is, minutes. Yeah, oh, that's what I got. The I got the I got the high sun. Time your people. By. Your people say you've got to go people. and sit up straight. My people. Sit up straight. Ari people on the and other. E and Turtle. I'm, and I'd stick it. Believe it. Right. Yeah, yeah. There, your entourage. Uh, I want to talk about your foundation. Um, the uh, Awesome Wall Foundation. Uh, I I hosted your annual event this year. Rich, you were amazing. People are still singing your praises. No, no, they're not. I'm no. not lying. Hilarious. I, I didn't know. <laughs> I did not know you had it. In. What I do mean, you? I mean, what? to hold it for that long. I mean, what do you mean? I don't know. I, get, I do we get snippets. Living, we get snippets. Okay. But you're a true comedian. That was great. <laughs> Well, I know. Here's my philosophy: is 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 keep things a little bit light. Obviously, yes. certainly uh, with what you do, the foundation, it could not be more serious. But uh, and and keep things moving. Get people out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get yeah, people. Get absolutely. people. Get people. You gotta get. You gotta get to the uh, absolute uh, auction because that's what everyone's here for. We were trying to raise money for your foundation. But anyway, um, it was an honor to have been asked, and I love doing it. And it was impressive just seeing you and your whole family's involved with this. Yeah, you are. I think the only member of your family that's not a doctor. And I think I may have said that from the stage, right? Isn't I mean, that a shame? You know, I mean, it's well, you're sort of a doctor of cornerbacking in a okay. way. Um, you've got your PhD in shutdown, <laughs> but um, you your your foundation supports an organization called Owen Orphans and Widows in Need, and also here domestically the Osama College Tour for Scholars, which the acronym is ACTS. Let's hmm. start with Owen. What what's the significance of this, and where did you um, where does this come from? Owen, like you said, orphans and widows in need um, back in Nigeria. So we help out 
with them back there and now in South Africa. Um, and, you know, it comes from my family with my father having passed away. Um, you know, the, myself and my siblings are then essentially orphans, my mother a widow. Um, and so, you know, just everything that she had to deal with at that point um, it made us all, and her especially, realize that it's a very difficult thing to accomplish. So we said that, you know, when we get the opportunity, we want to we help out with people that are in a similar situation. So raising money and sending, I mean, there were some, some ladies that came yeah, from, came from Africa, South Africa, some, yeah. uh, remarkable testimonials as to what's going on there and yes. how the funds that you're sending there have been, uh, greatly in need and, and very obviously helpful. Absolutely. Um, and then domestically the awesome college tour for scholars mm -hmm. fun but, times yeah because you 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 go this is for for young men and women in need here in the country that's right uh who have an incredible gift of music and and uh of yeah. the arts as well how 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 have you been helping those kids so we um we definitely go on the the college tours every year and you know these students are coming from some very difficult backgrounds and and situations and um, you know, they would not have this opportunity otherwise to see not only colleges that are, um, you know, across the country, but also just to see another city that's outside of just see how other people live outside of their neighborhood, their, outside their, of their own neighborhood. city. Exactly. Right. Yeah. A world out there. Absolutely. And like you said, they're all, um, you know gifted in some way artistically you know there's something that's going on mm -hmm. so when they get that opportunity and finally get on a plane for the first time and see all that stuff you know it blows their mind and then um you go you with know, them too right i go with them all the time you know that's why we keep the numbers down right now that there are 18 students that come but you know it, i don't want to make it a super big thing because i wanted it to be a little more personal you know so that they can talk and and do all those ask me questions we can go back and forth and we have a great time. This year we went to Chicago. Um, we've been to uh, your spot, New York. Yeah. We've been to D.C., New Orleans. We've been, you know, all over the place, Boston, Atlanta. So we just continue doing it. And, you know, there, we have scholarships uh, for them uh, so that they can move on to college. There's so many things, service projects. It's fun. Yeah, and they you they uh, got together and played a I think it was like a five piece band. Yeah, sang, yeah. Some of the superstition. <laughs> some of the students uh, banged out some serious Stevie Wonder. Uh, yeah, they started event. a band. Some yeah. of the students started a band, and um, you know they played at the gala, and they did a great job, didn't they? It was they were awesome. I mean, <laughs> Are you kidding? Me? It was great. I mean, and uh, again, your event it honored a, a young man who was battling depression from Philadelphia, yeah, right? Uh, sure it, it honored Ann Curry. Of, of the Curry, Today yeah. Show. I mean, it was one of the more well-rounded events I've seen. I mean, it, was, it touched on so many different yeah. things. And then to see your family so integrally uh, and intimately involved, you know, integral and, and intimately involved in it. It yeah. was really, it was really impressive to see why do you do this? Why do you hop on a plane with kids and also spend your time making sure that people half a world away, I understand it's your native country, mm -hmm. but why do you spend the time to do that? Um, you know, it, it's I'd, it's very difficult to give a reason why, because it just felt like something that was natural, something that, you know, you know, I had been taught and I had always done and my siblings had done the same thing. So it's it's tough to say why. But the, you, if when you do it, you get a lot of fun out of it. You know, there's it, there's something about it. And especially with such a difficult job like I have, it's always 
good to sometimes get outside of that, you know, and start to do other things and see how much you can impact others uh, in that way. So it was just fun. As I was going to say from the podium, um, just looking at you and your mom and your brother, and you think your sister was there as well? Both of them. Both of them were there. I was going to call that this was truly this was the true dream team. Okay. But I didn't <laughs> want to go there. You didn't want to go there again. I mean, you didn't want to go there again. No, was, but it was, you know, it's like your night, right. it's your event. Right. I mean, I didn't want to go. I mean, I went, I went in other places, but I didn't want to go that. there. You I know? appreciate that. And, and uh, uh, what is it? Awesomewealthfoundation.org. How do people, uh, what's the website? Um, the website is buildingtoday.org. Okay. Just go to buildingtoday.org. You can see, um, you know, how you can donate and help out. We're raising money right now for the scholarships uh for these students um in the united states in in the united states mm-hmm. a twitter handle is um at asamoa fndn as if it's not difficult enough to spell yeah, your last name let's, let's no, figure it. We we're going to teach something. them how to how to figure yeah. it out yeah so that's a s o m u g h a f n d n that's mm-hmm. the twitter handle make sure that you um get on that so that you can uh you know follow us and follow me and see what type of things we're Why doing not? Why not? Yeah, this was fun. This, this was, was great. This was great. I can't thank you enough for doing yeah. this. This was yeah, your. One day I'm going to have a show and I'm going to invite you on. And we're is that, do, do you want to do that? Do you want to do? I know you. I know you did. I had Peter Berg on last week. Did he you have Peter here. on? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Peter. I a loved good, him. Good. Friend. I got. I got more tweets on that on that uh, interview than I've had in 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 a long time because it was you, you know him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's so wide ranging. He, yeah, yeah. he it was not only about his movie Battleship, but Friday Night Lights, which mm-hmm. you appeared on as the yeah. I believe Ken Shaw. You played Ken, Ken Shaw, Shaw on Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. Lights. Yeah, you yeah. came. To, you came. You played a cop. You, you played a cop. The, you, you laid down the law. You came to the. Yep. You came to practice. You pulled yep. the kid off the field. That's right. Um, yeah, and and but we also talked about he's really, really into the concept of changing um, the way coaches are hired at the youth football level and to teach kids how to hit at age eight. Oh wow! Dip your hips. Keep your head up. Change the culture that the minute a kid dips his head. He comes off the field, practice stops, end of story, that he feels that if kids at that age are taught to hit then and know how serious it is to dip your head, Mm -hmm. that that it would would trickle up. Now, are we dealing with a lot of concussions at that level right now? Yeah. We're getting them at that level? Yes. There was a time when you could never get injured at that age. No, but now he's saying that that kids, you know, it's it's the, the normal crash position. To yeah, dip yeah, your yeah, head, yeah. and that's when injuries are going to hit. Because these kids, I mean, I see it at the combine every year. It's just it stands to reason that kids just get bigger and stronger and faster. Right, every year. you know right, what I mean. Right. So he, it was a great conversation with him, and I yeah. had him in last week. And was he you know, scruffy too? Or my God, uh, scruffy! Of course, that's how, that's how I, Peter does. <laughs> I, I love him, but he was almost arrested for vagrancy <laughs> here last week. <laughs> I mean, you you look great, man. Uh, but it was great talking to him, and and yeah. and his some of the stories he told were just you know left people in tears about how he he. Uh, he got these battleships for his movie, uh, the U, uh, the USS Missouri, that mm-hmm. had been decommissioned for years, sitting in the um, in Pearl Harbor, and he got it out of dry dock and put ninety year old survivors from that ship back on the ship wow. in the movie, and they were crying. Everyone yeah, was crying. It's emotional. 
Love that guy. And wow. so at any rate, uh, is that what you want to do? You want to do media one day? You want to um, do this job? It's something, you know. It's not that bad. You could admit it. Like, you could admit that you would want to get into the media. See, now I mean, I'm turned off from... from why? I'm completely I, turned off. Yeah, you just turned I, me, I don't even want to, I don't even want to touch the media now. Why? Because I pulled the curtain back and yeah, said that we yeah. love distractions. Yeah, and, absolutely. Now I'm like, oh, I don't... See, you saw the omnipotent Oz behind the curtain. You That's know, you right. Just want, <laughs> pay no attention to that media behind the curtain. <laughs> Namdi, you're 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 the man. I appreciate, I really appreciate it. it. Oh gosh, I think we've got um, who's coming in right now. It's oh, too dark boy, to see here. This. Is that Antoinette coming it in? Might here? be. Let me see. You could just push the door open. Use a little elbow grease. What do we have here? Here we go. These are presents. These are rich. Listen. Yeah. This is what. What is this for, by the way? Is this, what do you this mean? Is for, this is this is for for this what? This was for emceeing my event. This okay. is what happens when you MC uh, Thank someone's you, event. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Antoinette. By the way, the daughter uh, of, of Hall of Fame great Willie Brown. Willie Brown. That's absolutely Very right. Very good. See? That's a good, good memory. There you go. There you go. There you go. Um, 24 wine, a bottle of 24 wine. Charles, Charles Woodson. Woodson. Yeah. Great juice. He, he sends that to you. Um, good old Chuck. Not two buck Chuck. Definitely not. That's right. We okay. appreciate it, Charles. There you go. Um, and you. you've got a bag. Some, a bag. A there bag. It's a bag of paper. And... It's a very good presentation. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then that, another bag here. That is and a, that is a gonna... blue box from Tiffany. That's, uh, yes. is, that, is there a Lombardi trophy in there? That's, you know, Lombardi... <laughs> I'm not going to explain what any of the bag and the box okay. are. That's for you to. It's very nice. Thank yeah, you, Namdi. Absolutely. My, my, uh, should I, all right. My, Chris Law, my producer, wants me to open them. Oh, come on. Should I do that? that? That's tacky. I come always on, hate that. When, come on, Chris. I always yeah, hate that when you're at a like, baby shower and you sit there or you're at a wedding. viewers, they'll ask you what was in the bag. What was in the bag? Yes, the come on. Viewers, Let's tease it. Tweets. See, you the... say you don't want to be yeah, in the media. See, I, you just <laughs> teased, man. <laughs> that is good. Good for you. Thank yeah, you. for. Absolutely. I really appreciate this. Uh, uh, although my college professors at the Medill School of Journalism are turning over in their figurative graves right now. My interview subject just gave me a bunch of Yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't be drinking this right now. No, so, no, no, no. Yeah. But this will be this will be to cherish. Sure. Namdi Asamoah, thank you so much. Uh, building today. Buildingtoday.org. Yep. Go to that right now. And if you want to know how to give to orphans and widows in need and also the Asamoah College Tour for Scholars, maybe you can go there if, if you think uh, a kid can qualify as well. Absolutely. Right? Get on Absolutely. there and see if see or qualify for a scholarship or anything like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. That would be Absolutely. that would be great. And good luck to you um, this year. I, I, I and and I I leave I leave this uh, I leave the uh, interview with this. Can you one last gotcha question? Yes. Okay. Oh, Sarah Palin. Here we go. Nice. One last gotcha question. Nice. Um, can you fill in the blank? Mm -hmm. The 2012 Philadelphia Eagles will be the blank team. Uh, the 2012 Philadelphia Eagles will be the blank team. Um, will be the. Just say dream and get it over with. Just say dream and get it over. I was with. trying to think of how I could say oh. dream, but not say dream redeem and team. say oh the redeem team. Yes. That, you, you said that, Rich. I'll quote you. Yes. The redeem team. You say it in a full sentence. He said, "I will not. I will not say it, but I will quote you, Rich, on saying that you just you might have just started something. I think it's well. The podcast it, it is just a spark to the flame. Sometimes. Yeah. Wow, that was wow. Thank you. You're clever. <laughs> Good to see you. You too, but Nandi Asimwal, right here on the Rich Eisen podcast. Man, I could not be more excited about my next guest here on the Rich Eisen podcast. I am a huge fan of this man who's got a new album called Analog Man that's out. Uh, go get it as soon as you are done listening to this interview. 
This is uh, an all-time great. Joe Walsh, good to see you here, Hi, sir. Rich. How great are you? Great to be here. Great I can I here. could not be more excited. I'd held up the the CD version of your your, right. your album, right. and now your new solo album. This is vinyl. That's vinyl. I didn't know they still they analog still man. Well, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> right. We made uh, we made uh, cassettes too. Did you really? Yeah. Did you do Did you do a track? Or you, no. you didn't go a track. Do you have a player in your car? I could. You know what? I used to have. What I used to have. <laughs> the funny thing is, I used to have a cassette converter for the eight track. Right. You know, you used to stick. It's you used to have like the 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 end of it was a large eight track sort of thing. Yeah. Jam it in there, and then you'd put the cassette in. Yeah. And that is the way. I swear to you. And this is. It's funny you bring this up. This is the way I I wore out your greatest hits album. Oh. Yeah. I I uh, had the cassette. And I wore it out officially because it it was eaten up by, eaten by, up. Yeah. by the eight track converter in the car. Remember that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to spool it back on. I oh, do. God, of course yeah. I remember that. Well, so, you're an analog guy. Huh? I am an analog yeah. guy. I certainly am. Yeah. I'm, I'm you know obviously dating myself by talking about the eight track converter and things of that nature. Why why uh, why call this analog man? Because you were going back to the future. In that well, way, or what? You know. Uh, it, it's all new technology, digital technology. Mm -hmm. uh, and those of us who come from the analog days have had to make adjustments, shall we say. Right. Uh, you know, along with the technology is a virtual world that doesn't really exist. It's just a computer generating this thing that we, you know. Mm -hmm that we look at as a world and it seems like we're all spending more and more time in there and we get lost right while our bodies sit in chairs <laughs> looking at a screen waiting for our minds to come back i know all about that it's <laughs> what i do for and, a living unfortunately and sometimes yeah, so i'm i'm not an old hermit who came out of the woods and i'm not saying analog's better i'm fond of analog you know uh i know about digital technology because that's how we record and stuff i just don't know uh if we're working for it mm -hmm. or if it's working for us i do know that it ate the record business and it ate radio mm -hmm. and it's eaten intellectual property and i hope it doesn't eat us right and that's why you essentially call this i'm an analog, analog guy an analog myself guy. yeah i like reading the cover mm -hmm. and i like side b yeah, you know <laughs> stuff like that. You like side B. I like that. I might, I might actually use that if I may, Joe. Yeah. I like side B too. Yeah. And you uh, co-produced this album with Jeff Lynn, Jeff, who most folks know from ELO and yeah. the Traveling Wilburys. And um, so, so it does that have the throwback sound that that we've come to expect from folks like you and, and Jeff Lynn uh, yeah. on the analog. Band? Yeah. Well, Jack Jeff has a great gift, and that is you can bring in bits and pieces. And just dump it in his lap. And he sees what you're trying to do. Right. He sees the finished thing, and he helps you get there. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was invaluable in me finishing this album. Because I've had bits and pieces for a long time. The other thing is, you can give, give Jeff anything, and he'll make it sound like it should be on the radio. Right. And so... I can't wait to hear this, Joe. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, I looked at the um, some of the uh, tracks. I couldn't help but notice "Funk 50" is on here, 
And I imagine that is a reference to Funk Number Forty Nine, one of your greatest hits. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a continuation, sort of like a sequel. Well, someone asked me for some music. Uh, can I say ESPN on this? You can channel? say ESPN. Okay. On <laughs> I, I spent seven years there. You know, yeah. like you were James Gang and Barnstorm before yeah. the Eagles. That was me before what I'm right. If I could dare even compare well, myself. Sunday morning NFL countdown called me and they said. Well, now you're not allowed to say that. Okay, now. sorry. <laughs> no, okay. I'm sorry. That's all right. So they called sorry. you. Sorry. That's okay. So they called you? They called me and they wanted some music. Okay. Uh, for the ins and outs in the show. Sure. Uh, and uh, they said, we're James Gang fans, so we want something like Funk 49, but mm-hmm. not Funk 49. Right. So I did some homework and. Uh, and came up with exactly that. Funk and, Funk fifty. What do you call it? Uh-huh. Funk fifty. And so it was on uh it was on all season on their show, and I thought I should write some words and make it longer than a minute. Sure. And put it on the record. Put it on the record. Yeah. That is great. So how big of a football fan are you, Joe Walsh? You watch- well, I'm pretty big uh you know, in the old days, you had your favorite team, and the same guys were on it mm-hmm. every year, sure. and you were loyal to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and they were just your buds. Sure, and you never quite know how they're going to restructure from season to season. So, free agency is get you down. Is that what yeah, you're a little bit, okay. a little bit, and people move around a lot more. Sure. You know, but I'm a I'm a football fan. I tell you what, I'm really happy that Eli mm-hmm. got his just deserve. I'm happy for him. That is great. I'm from Cleveland, so I I get killed saying this, but I would I thought the Ravens were a darn good team <laughs> last year. That is heresy, Joe. I know every game they have is a grudge match. Sure, know? I'm not supposed to say that. But I have to give the Ravens, I thought they were going to go all the way last mm-hmm. year. And Tebow had a good season. Too bad Elway doesn't like him. And we'll see where that goes, you know. <laughs> Talk about a drama that's going to play out this year with Tebow in New York City. But, yeah, I, I think everybody sensed that that Elway did not like Tebow. Or he liked him, but he didn't think that this was his style. Of, yeah, of he didn't have a franchise blessing, I don't. <laughs> we'll put it that way. I, I don't know how to say it, but something was something was there. Mm-hmm. And what else? You know, New Orleans. I'm, uh, gosh darn it, uh, disappointed in that because I was a real fan. The bounty situation with yeah, the Saints is turning. I don't you know off. how much the players had to do with that. I'd like to think very little, but I mean that kind of mentality. It, Enough guys get hurt right. as it is without introducing all that. But uh, I, I would followed New Orleans a lot. It'd be interesting to see how they do this year. How for they sure. do it? Yeah. How many people come up to you and expect you to be a fan of the Eagles because of your time with the Eagles? Well, there is uh, there is the occasional meeting someone in a truck stop when you say you're with the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> and they go, what position, you know? Uh, and you say, always that. you say guitar, right? I mean, don't you say that? I mean, yeah. At that point in time? Yeah, guitar. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, your position. Yeah, nickel guitar or something. I don't know what you'd sure. say. But. <laughs> 
Right. So, because uh, it's interesting, so many people, um, when they ask for what is the greatest American rock band ever, mm. the Eagles are, comes to mind. Well, one of them. Okay. What would you consider the Eagles? Would you accept that moniker as the greatest rock band that America has ever produced with the Eagles? Geez, I don't know. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Um, at, at one point, we were the biggest. I know that. Right. Yeah, we we had a good run there. Would you ever want to play a Super Bowl? The Eagles? Get together and play a Super Bowl. Yeah, that seems to me one spot that the Eagles have not Now we've never again. done it. Boy, I, I don't know. It seems pretty overwhelming. It seems pretty overwhelming. The, the production involved. I mean, it's mind-boggling how they get the entire thing on the field and do what they do with all those people in and seven then, minutes by and the way. get ready for the game again right in I, seven minutes by the way i don't know how they do that but that would be fun you i don't know why we haven't really well maybe this podcast can help make that happen. i would love to see you know. them personally there you hey go. see make us an offer <laughs> you heard it right there joe walsh <laughs> wants an offer for the super bowl i i would love to i would love to see that Actually, yeah. and if you let's just see, let's just put it this way: if you got to do that, mm. and you got says you know there's about you get to choose four songs. Mm-hmm. Which four Eagles songs would you want to play? We'd probably just play Hotel California four times. <laughs> I mean, you know, no, I don't, why mess around? That would be no. I mean, come on, I I, I think uh, Life in the Fast Lane. Yeah, right. That'd be good. That would be good. Yeah, that's two. Good. That's what I want. I want to comprise. Heartache it. tonight might be a good one. Okay. Yeah, that would be good because somebody is going. Somebody's gonna hurt someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there was one team will have heartache. Yeah. Later on tonight, yeah. I think that would be. We could even maybe change the words a little bit. That would be good. That would be good. I'll see, yeah. we're comprising the Super Bowl set list right now. Yeah. And one more. You got one. Just like one more. Joe Walsh gets to create oh, a set li- list. Life's been good, maybe. I like that. I like it. That would be the four. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. Would Glenn Fry, he, he, he'd have a say in this whole process. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> he is Mr. Sports. Is he really? Oh, yeah. He takes it serious. No kidding. Well, I know he's a golfer. Do you golf? Do you play golf? Uh, I, I don't really. I wouldn't say I, I golf. You commit golf? I, I like to. Uh, I don't care where the ball goes. I, <laughs> I, you know, I really don't care. You strike me as not being able to have that sort of focus that's required for golf. I don't have it because my mind wanders when it goes in the golf course. Oh yeah, you know. And these yeah. guys who play, yeah. you know, you got to fo- you got to focus from shot to shot. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you do. And and the harder you try, the worse you do. And you never win. And that's what bothers me. <laughs> I know. It's a counterintuitive game. Yeah. The, one, the further you want the ball to go, the easier you have to swing. I can't. I know. I can't figure that out I know. at all, for sure. Because I like to just close my eyes and swing as hard as I can, you know. <laughs> I have to ask you these questions about your Greatest Hits album, if you don't mind. Yep. Um, yep. Where, where did uh, Turn to Stone come from? I want to go over some of these songs with you, the history of, of some of these Classic songs that have come from you. Um, Turn to Stone uh, 
I wrote uh, in the end of my Cleveland days going into uh, moving to Colorado. And Turn to Stone was a little bit of social commentary there that people were frustrated with not having much of a say in the government. Kind of what the words are referring to. Um, I could quote some of the words, but uh, Turn to Stone was just, uh, I guess, a biblical quote of... Uh, of epic proportions. That seemed to fit what you were trying to say. Yeah. What about Rocky Mountain Way? Rocky Mountain Way was being really afraid to make a major change, and that was leaving the James Gang. We were doing really good. Uh, but I decided to move to Colorado and write some music. I was painting myself in a corner as a as a rock and roll guitar player and and uh frustrated with a three piece band uh needed some more input right besides that so i i was really afraid i uh struck out on my own solo career went to colorado and rocky mountain way was about making that change uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's better than the way we yeah, had. Right. Yeah. Sure. Every time I've made a ma major change, it's been really scary, but it's always been for the better. Maybe that Peyton Manning could listen to that maybe, as he goes maybe, about maybe, his Rocky Mountain maybe way. Maybe he's right heard now. it. Maybe he's heard it once or twice. I think he has. I'm going to go out on that limb and say Peyton Manning has heard Rocky Mountain way. Right. And this is sort of a way. Like he's he's not going from Ohio. He's going from Indiana. Same thing. To Colorado. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm just, there, there's a certain parallels. I don't know what Tebow would play in that particular uh, scenario, but. Um, right. Help me through the night. Help me through the night. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that was kind of uh, uh, hanging out with the guys in the Eagles before I was in the band. Uh, written to a, a, a lovely lady. Uh, the mother of my daughter, um, being on the road a lot, being lonely, going to bed alone in some hotel, uh, and uh, just looking for some uh, support and companionship uh, from uh, from a beautiful woman, and also it's kind of the the ballad lighter side of me came from hanging out with Don and Glenn when they were writing music. Some of it wore off on me. So you think this, feel it, and put it on a paper? Is that, I just, I'm just trying to pull the lid off the creative process for somebody to mm. think something and actually then create something from yeah, that. Yeah, I, I don't know how to explain it. Uh, um, it's not really me. The music is just somewhere, and 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 I I hear it. If there were words, I hear where they would go. That's all I can say. And and it and so I leave those spaces and make music around it, and then I get in a mood at some point, and the mood kind of tells me what the song's about.
happy, sad, mad, um, sad, you know. I don't know how it happens. It just does. It just does. And it's it's really hard to, to take something that doesn't exist that's between your ears and get it on recording tape or on a hard drive. It can be maddening. I have this one thing in Analog Man in one of the songs where I tell you a secret, and that is, in my experience in the music business, if you pretend like you know what you're doing, everybody thinks you do. (laughs) That goes for most walks of life, (laughs) right? Yeah, yeah. But in my experience, trying to tell a bunch of musicians what to play I have to tell them. Right. Uh, I tell them what to play, and they go, oh, okay, we'll play that. And eventually, if they all do that, it turns into something you can hear. And what, I don't know where it comes from. Interesting. What, what do you think is the best emotion to write a, a song? You mentioned a few of them. Sad, mad, happy. Which emotion do you think leads to the best music? Um... Young. <laughs> That's a great answer. Young and innocent and and not afraid to try stuff. You know, positive young. Uh, you can accomplish a lot. And it's something that you can really affect people with. People pick up on it. Mm-hmm. It brings people up, you know? So for musicians and writers out there who are trying to go through this creative process, think young. That's what you're saying? Well, be young. Be young. Yeah. Don't don't try and write something like all the old guys you're listening to. <laughs> you know, be young. Right. Be young. Go for it. Go for it. Because it's the energy that is... is uh, so powerful. Is that where well, life's been good came from? Yeah. Thinking young, innocent, yeah. positive? Yeah. I was trying to show that being a, a rock and roll star is not as extravagant of a lifestyle as it would appear. You know, for a couple minutes a day, you go on stage and everybody looks at you and goes, whoa. But the rest of it, it's just a job. <laughs> Really? <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. I mean, we have to load the dishwasher at home, and we have to take out our own garbage and stuff. And it's, you don't want to start uh, confusing success with validity. And that's what life's been good yeah. is about. Yeah. Fantastic. I could go on all day with this stuff. Me Me- too. Meadows. What about that? Meadows? Yeah. Meadows was... Uh, uh, I spent some time in in uh, Boston, uh, in New England, and used to drive around where these big rolling fields uh, that somebody picked all the rocks up and piled them up, and it's the wall around the meadow. And just one morning by myself, I was just looking and I'm out here in the meadow part of an old stone wall 
you know, it was just beautiful. I was alone and and had a moment of clarity there in a beautiful New England morning with the leaves changing and stuff. So October, September, October. Yeah. That is a great time to be in New England. Yeah. For sure. Um, Mother says, is that as simple as it sounds? Was that about your mom or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kind of the mother that, you know, that we all know, which is uh, stand up straight Wash your face. Don't make faces like that. You know. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you do your homework? Just, just constant mother attention. Uh, that just seemed to fit. That's a real instrumental piece. That's a real instrumental piece. The words are are nice, and it's a great visual. Uh, uh, just. You know, being mothered and uh, the the motherly love, uh, what are they? Unconditional love. That's mm-hmm. what I want to say. That 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 I experienced, uh, and also a, a real pain in the neck. Mothers can be, <laughs> you, you know, ah, mom. Sure. You know, all of that. All of those emotions in just one. But song. that was a great instrumental piece. We, we put a whole middle part together that that uh, I'm really proud of. And it, it's live. It's very effective anyway. Sure. Mother's well, I've, I've heard it live. Walk away. Walk away. Young. Young. Once again. Yeah. There was a, there was a groove. Uh, uh, there was something just four on the floor, which means... You know, marching music, mm-hmm. and and it was really powerful. And that was not my, one of my uh, literary achievements, I would say. Mm-hmm. But uh, the words kind of rhyme, and that's about all I was really trying to accomplish there. <laughs> Sometimes it's just as simple as that. Yeah, it's kind of being being frustrated and and mad in a relationship. And uh, uh, I just needed some kind of angry words to go along with the music. Performing that song is is really fun to do because <laughs> I get to be mad. <laughs> That's great. You are also the brother-in-law of a Beatle. Correct? I am. Ringo Starr is your brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And you played in his all-star band as I well. Did. You toured with him in the 80s. And yeah. Wh- what can you tell us about Ringo Starr? that we don't know. And he's one of the most famous people to ever stroll the planet. Yeah. But from your inside of knowing him, uh, collaborating with him, working with him, and essentially celebrating holidays with him, what are yeah. you, what's what's he like? Well, I got married three and a half years ago and finally found somebody who had kind of, uh, pardon me, that was missing. I really found a partner. And she's the little sister of Barbara Bach, who's married to Ringo. Mrs. Ringo Starr. Yeah. Barbara Bach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I, I've known Ringo uh, musically for years and years, and and we get along well. But now I got this extended family along with my wife that I really hadn't thought about that being part of the deal, but... <clears throat> Here I am. 
<laughs> and they're very close, and they have each other's backs. And left to my own devices, I'll go in the room and shut the door and isolate. So this is a dynamic I've never really been around, this family thing, you know. And learning to be part of and learning to engage in stuff is an ongoing deal. <clears throat> and it's opened me up a lot. And I think my music, you can see it in the new album. And I'm a lot that, that I'm a lot more open with words, with what I'm trying to say and stuff. Um Ringo, having been through everything he's been through, is amazingly um, straight across, truthful, unaffected. Um, his, um, his wisdom and his insight have helped me like a big brother I never had. Uh in terms of my life, life situations, advice, and and such, um, and of course, as a, as a music buddy, it's fantastic. I do have to. Every once in a while, I'll look at him and I'll go, "Whoa, <laughs> a Beatle!" That's right, right? <laughs> you know, I was at Shea Stadium in 1964. You were, yeah, screaming and crying along with the rest of the girls. And now he's your brother. And now he's your brother-in-law. Yeah, but I mean, there's a side of him as a human being uh, that is wonderfully positive, straight across, truthful energy, and he's a delight to be around and, and and no and i know you've worked with mccartney as well Paul, recently paul's about the same yeah um, amazing energy he just he's like he's 20 you know he'll play three nights in a row he hits all the high notes he's like a steamroller you just gotta smile and nod yes and and get out of his way because he's coming through that's right yeah you know he's sir paul and both of those guys are uh uh what uh, an influence and uh and uh had a lot to do with me being a musician well i mean it's just a, a, a blessing to have you here on this show joe and just you know uh, just hearing about your life and just the small, this just the small bit right here. I, I couldn't be more thankful for you coming on and sharing some of this stuff. Well, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I can't tell you <laughs> <laughs> with the mic on. Is that right? Yeah, we'll have to turn uh, this. Off. We'll have to have a part two. Right, I L- would love that. Late I would at love night that. Or something. Analog Man um, again is available right now. Um, you can also go to JoeWalsh.com. Yeah, I believe to get be the, out June fifth to, to get the vinyl. Mm-hmm. Version mm-hmm. of this thing. Mm-hmm. You if you want vinyl, you go to your you go to your website, JoeWalsh.com, yes. and also yeah. you can get tour dates. You're touring for this right now. Yeah, I'm going to go out the rest of the year and uh, and play some new music, terrific, and, and the best of the old. And we're going to give uh, signed copies of Analog Man away to our listeners. Oh, good. Thank. Are you going to sign them or me? No, 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 no. Oh, I don't me? think I would. I would devalue. This, if ah, I actually sign this, baloney, Joe. No, you baloney. sign this, and then you know, this is whatever the CD cost becomes uh, infinitely more. 
uh, valuable. Um, thanks so much for coming on. I'm You're a welcome. Huge fan. This I'm is a an huge honor. fan, sir. You could not be more kind to say that. Thanks so much for coming on. I see you at halftime at the Super Bowl. Yes, huh? with uh, uh, Hotel California, not four times. Now you may have to re- represent me in these matters. No, I think I think what well, you got you got A's off, right? I mean, I, can, I would never, I never, I never step on Irving's feet. I would he never do anything. Know what like he's that. Doing. <laughs> Well, I would never step any f- on any of the Eagles' feet, for sure. But uh, Hotel California, not four times, once. Uh, life in the fast lane. Life's been good. And then uh, Heartache Tonight. Heartache Tonight's got to be. Yeah, it'd probably be four, four uh, Eagles. Songs. There you go. I, I don't think know the, what the fourth the, would be. There you go. Eagles. I think, again, that would be that would be it for me. Joe, thanks for coming on. Go get Analog Man uh, June 5th and also JoeWalsh.com to find out where you could see this man live and in person. Holy smokes. That's an all-timer. That's an all-timer. Joe Walsh of the Eagles. Also, uh, another um, solo album coming out, Analog Man. And Namdi Asama of the Philadelphia Eagles. An all-Eagles podcast. All in one. Lots of interesting stuff. I got a pretty good feeling this vinyl isn't making it out of, out of this room. No. Uh, it's, it's going home. It's I'm going to take home that vinyl. This I'm one's taking going the home vinyl. with you. I'm taking the vinyl. What but do we're we gonna have get- to do to get the Eagles at the Super Bowl? I don't know. We, I, I'm sure it's out there. It's out I'm sure there. It's been discussed. There are there are some television executives who really want the Eagles to do it, and yeah. for some reason or another, it just hasn't happened yet. But I mean, if you've got the Who and you've got the Stones and you've got McCartney and you've got Tom Petty and you've got the Madonna. Black Eyed Peas and Madonna, I think I named the last six. Correct? Yeah. I mean, the, you're eventually going to have to get to the Eagles. You're eventually going to have to get there. Yeah. It seems like they'd be next. You know, in that. We'll see. In that list. I don't know. I think Jay, uh, Jay-Z, Beyonce. I, would, think, I think getting uh, Rihanna out there would you, be good. You're preaching to the choir on Rihanna. There. All of it, right? Big fan. I'm serious. Yeah, but ever since the Timberlake-Janet Jackson thing, it's all been skewed much older. Well, you just... Oh, the Black Eyed Peas last year. The halftime acts. The Black Eyed Peas, I think, would... would I mean, I don't know. Uh, maybe so. MIA flipping the bird didn't help last that year. That didn't right? help at all. No. That didn't help. That didn't help one single bit. What are you, it didn't I mean, what are you doing at that Didn't point? help at all. Hey, what'd you think about Namdi when you asked him about the top 100 drop? And uh, when he found out, apparently, you know, it is voted on by his fellow players. Yeah, he wasn't too happy about it. What? But, I mean, that's why I asked him if he has a chip because he's he he, he talks quietly and carries the, you know, uh, the big stick. Uh, he walks softly. But everybody's uh, – listen, you cannot play the NFL. You cannot play the NFL at his level and not be a prideful individual. Yeah. And he is, but he's right. I mean, the whole team sort of went down uh, notches last year. So he's going to go down with the team. And if they win again and he's shutting people down again, then that's that. And he'll, was- then he'll be back to 19 again. Um, and we are taping this um, the f- Tuesday following the Friday that we talked to Namdi. And as predicted, the Lakers are out. Yeah, the Lakers are out. He came in uh, wearing a Lakers shirt. And the Lakers are very much out. I mean, and they're out pointing fingers. They're out. Like Mike Brown could be out, out. Like like this. That's going to look a lot when different this, next year. When this hits the air on Thursday, yeah, I guarantee you, there's going to be Philadelphia sports the TV, blogs when people and see it on TV. That he's going to catch a lot of flack for wearing that Lakers. Well, shirt. I did, and, and and then I then I thank him because as, as I mentioned at the outset of the interview, I was looking for something controversial out of him that would help the podcast. Is he from here? Yes. Yeah, he's from. Yeah, born in Louisiana, but he's he grew legit up here. He's yeah. legit. So, he's legit. I mean, I'm not going to hate him. No, you can't hate on him for doing it. But Philly, Philly fans will, as I'm from Pennsylvania, and I know I know the kind. <laughs> Yeah, you do, don't you? Yes. When you well, boo Santa Claus, anything is in play. And how great was Joe Walsh? I've always wanted to know what is the genesis of 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 
of these songs oh, and, and just the creative process, how he just sees it. How about that? Like he, 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 he hears the music and he sees the spaces for the words and they fill in. Now, I mean, for somebody, a, a, a budding musician and songwriter out there who wants maybe to know the nuts and bolts of the actual A, B, and C of how he does it, that may not be very helpful. It's just like, hey, man, I hear it and I see it and it comes out on the page and I go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with it. But I guess that's just the way it works. It doesn't, couple, it, doesn't, couple, it doesn't work that way for everybody. That's no? for sure. A couple outside influences helping in that creative process. <clears throat> Maybe. Possibly. Well, well, I mean, not, not since... Uh, not since 95. Not yeah. since 95. It yeah. hasn't. But maybe back in the day, there was an accelerant yeah. or two. Uh, but I, you know, obviously, you guys understand since you've been you've been working on this show for a while. That's the way this podcast works. <laughs> I I hear the interviews, <laughs> I see the interviews. Oh boy! And then the words just the words just fill in. Oh boy! That's nice. the way. That's the way it works for me. So I can relate. I, I can, can relate. relate to Richard. When I'm back in the edit bay putting the TV show together, it just comes to me. You know how I can't relate. Having the interview stopped twice by a handler to fix hair. Fix hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is what happened that. during the I Joe Walsh interview. Okay, can we stop, oh, dude, can we stop well, down and fix Joe's hair? Well, well, that didn't make the air. Obviously, we cut out him, you know, stopping down right. for somebody to come in and fix his hair because he's got he's this long, wavy hair. He's got to have the hair. With me, I, I, this is all I got. Actually, I had the lid tightened earlier today. This is it. <laughs> this is it for me. This is it for you, Chris. I did mine We've been through this before. Exactly. You look great. Thank you. Um, but the one that we did keep in. Namdi. Was Namdi's handlers from the other side of the glass telling him to telling Chris Law, Brockman, you weren't here for that. Told Chris Law to tell me to have him sit up straight. So when I get in your ear and I say, Rich, Namdi's people want him to sit up straight. What is going through your head? What's like, going through my head? Is, what's Asimov? going through my head? What, no, what's going through my head is 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 I'm definitely going to tell him because I don't want anyone coming on here and having somebody saying that you look bad as as an. How do I refer to myself as an on-air persona? Oh. Okay. Uh, when you're on TV and your collar's out of whack and you see it later on, like, why the hell did anybody tell me that? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, of course. But I want to get through what he's saying. Get his, I don't want to stop down immediately, which is, I'm sure what his, his team Asimov wanted. But, you know. They're cool people, the folks with uh, with Namdi. Oh, good, good, great. good people. The tor- the, it turned out to be a hilarious part. That's why we left it in. Yes, the, the torso left it in. And- yeah, his torso. I mean, seriously, he's, he's all torso. legs. He's all legs and a small torso. Um, <laughs> and and that's why I told him, you know, this part of me from from the waist up. That's uh, it's a shut down anchor, and the waist down is <laughs> shut down corner for Namdi. Oh, good times, good times. <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton, a standalone podcast with the big Colts fan. A uh, that's going to be awesome. Uh, a big NFL fan. And uh, he's got a book and a movie coming out. Busy guy. Yes. Um, that's coming up on Thursday. Thursday. Yep. We're giving away DV. Let's give away Joe Walsh D- uh, CDs, right? Yeah. He left five, correct? Yeah, he came in bearing gifts. Um, so we Signed them. He autographed, autographed them. With a silver Sharpie. Yes. Looks great, doesn't it? Looks awesome. Okay, there's five of them, and how? What are we going to do? So if you uh, if you have to follow uh, at the Eisen Podcast on Twitter, yep. and uh, just tweet us that you'd like uh, that you love the the podcast, and you'd include the hashtag uh, analog man which is the name of the, the title Joe Walsh of his album. new uh, new album so uh, if you do that you'll be in in the running and we're going to do a little twitter roulette and basically what you do is you you'll call up the followership yep and just keep moving your finger back and forth yeah we'll do scrolling, it next week on the show rich and you'll then do it boom, and you point a finger yep you'll pop on one and stop and you'll announce them right there then what they'll we'll follow them from the twitter handle 
we'll direct message them, get their address. Uh, and, and, then uh, we'll, and then we'll continue to follow them. Yeah, we'll continue to follow them. Yeah, we How did it a few, a few months back with the Breaking, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad DVDs. DVDs. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, so we'll do it again. Yep. And the same thing we'll do on Thursday with Billy Bob's yeah, book. Yeah, Billy we got Bob a couple of books too. Okay, uh, thank you so much to you guys. This was fun. Thank you. Namdi, awesome Watt, Joe Walsh, Eagle and Eagle. And let's finish up this podcast. We've got uh, a track from his new album, right? Funk 50. Yes. Let's play it. Let's here do we it. go. Uh, uh, here we go. I'm going to do the DJ. Here we go. Rich Eisen on WRSE for Richard Seth Eisen. Uh, WRSE radio on your radio podcast dial. This is the dulcet tones. Uh, why do I sound like Jim Brockmeyer, by the way? Yeah, you, you do a really good Brockmeyer. You channeled, <laughs> yeah. channeled Brockmeyer. This is, hey, everybody. I shouldn't even do that. It's not, a, it's not a baseball game. Let me start again here. What should I do? The morning zoo guy? Or just why one of those, like, annoying 4.30 a.m., you know, they're so, way too excited to be there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I here like that. Joe Walsh is here, everybody. And <laughs> let me tell you, he's got his whole new album, Analog Man. Now I sound like Petros. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, everybody. Frogman, I'm Frogman. Scre- I'm screaming for no reason other than the fact that I can. Oh, man. Enjoy right now. Joe Walsh, Funk 50. <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody. It's, here we go. Here's Joe Walsh's new tune, Funk 50, from Analog Man, which you can get on Amazon.com. And on June 5th, the record will drop, as the kids say, in your neck of the woods. Right now, here's Funk 50. And follow out the Eyes and Podcast and include the hashtag Analog Man, and you can get yourself an autographed copy of Analog Man by Joe Walsh. Here's a track from that album right now, Funk 50. Rich Eisen on the podcast, signing off.
stay listening.